0: you you hear this from like every agency but being like a real long-term partner for growth is something that we really favor like i would take the same five brands and work together for five years then like a new like 10 new brands every three months and just constantly be in that cycle i think we're able to set out like a bigger roadmap of what we want to achieve and how we get there and we're able to sort of like deliver a lot more at a profitable rate over a longer period of time.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Ecom Life with me, Phil Keel. It's been a couple of weeks since I last posted. I'm sure you can appreciate uh, how busy we've been this time of year. We've just completed Black Friday, so if you've been managing ads during Black Friday, Cyber Monday week, um, or it's not really a week anymore, it's pretty much the full month of November, um, congratulations, you have survived. And I'm hoping that, you know, you can uh, take a rest very soon, potentially when shipping and postage comes to an end somewhere in the middle of uh, December. So, yeah, hopefully you were able to hit your targets or even exceed them, whether that you are running ads for yourself or on behalf of a client. Um, Would love to hear, you know, on Twitter or LinkedIn, drop me a message and let me know how you got on during this period. Our general trend for Black Friday was uh, performance was very strong. The majority of our brands exceeded their targets, uh, and I'll, I'll put out another episode where we dig into why I think that happened. But yeah, general trend is we found that there are customers out there waiting, uh, signing up for emails, and when you can when you activate that offer and compa- campaign on an email, then you know there are customers waiting. It just takes, unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, an offer to get them across the line. So yeah. Definitely found, you know, that purchase intent and that, that interest to buy the products was out there. Uh, so Ecom, very confident about Ecom going into next year because I'm confident that, you know, during this year, which has been, you know, seen a number of, uh, you know, world-changing events that, uh, you know, consumers are still uh, investing in in quality products from quality brands. So, yeah, very... Very happy overall about about performance during Black Friday. Very very happy about the team uh, and how they how they behaved and how they um, you know scaled into accounts when when the opportunity was there uh, and, and took full responsibility for the client's budgets. So yes, overall it has been a good month. Um, so yet yeah, today's today's podcast is an interview or a you know an informal chat with my friend Josh Hedges. Now me and Josh go well back all the way back to the days of Cat Howell and FATC. If you've heard of that, that was a, a media buying Facebook group from a number of years ago. Uh, you know, the sort of thing where where we communicate in, in Facebook groups about CBO versus AVL, lowest cost versus cost cap, you know, all the different um, tricks, tricks of the trade that worked, uh, you know, really well a couple of years ago. So yeah, me and Josh became friends uh, during FATC a couple of years ago and, and ever since then Josh has Josh has been building his agency and a couple of years ago actually Josh moved his agency service solely into providing performance creative uh, for specifically planet friendly brands so he's a man after our own heart um, which is why I really wanted to get Josh on the podcast so we talk about a number of things what it's been like growing his agency, um, you know, the the recommendations that he's got for other people from that, uh, you know, team management, new biz, but then also what he sees working best from a creative point of view for his clients. So yeah, it was a great call. Um, looking forward to putting out more episodes like this in the coming coming weeks. And um, so yeah, please enjoy. Hey Phil, Josh, there he is. How are you? Yeah, good mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Good. Nice nice to speak to a, a Brit for once.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: yes, a fellow northerner as
0: well. There yeah, there it is, north of uh, north of Watford Gap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that constitutes as the true north, right? Yeah, 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 true north, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, stupid dog. Come on. Sorry, the dog's coming in.
1: How's um how's
0: this week treating you? <sighs> it's good but horrendously busy is the description I would use. Um You'll know the same as as yourself. It's just that season. It is literally like high volume stuff out the door constantly, which is it's good, but yeah, a little bit straining. Did that? Was there a point when that just like dialed up a notch recently?
1: Or yeah, or was it I would acting? say yeah.
0: I would say like midway through September, we were like, "Shit, we need to like really start pushing out content now." So the way that we typically work anyway is most of our packages are sort of high volume, but with it being Q4, people are wanting like extra hooks. We're testing multiple different angles. There's a whole sort of like gifting aspect that's in there. People are running a lot more kind of like discount led stuff that they want to keep going alongside their evergreen stuff. So it just means like the, the volume of stuff we're putting out is just like way more. Amazing. That's cool. What was, um, what was August like
1: for you? Because I know, like us as an agency, we kind of felt the same thing. Like August, like even though we were busy in August, it like the market just felt very different. And then as soon as we entered September,
0: it was just like,
1: night yeah, and
0: day. yeah. Did you feel yeah, the same? I feel way? like the end, the last week in August is probably when things started to sort of like get busy, and then mid-September is when things were like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, August again was like we were busy just not this busy um which is 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 good but yeah, yeah. definitely takes its
1: toll are you like i know from um, from both a current client point of view august was quiet and then september got busy but from like a new business point of view because i think i think it's good to talk about that sometimes like new new business definitely felt the same like august we couldn't get hold of anyone no one was really interested and then september all of a sudden you know we all of a sudden had something that people wanted to buy.:
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say that, to be fair, we're working with the same people we were, probably exactly the same amount of clients. We're just delivering more for them. Um, I think what we did see, so start of September, we saw people looking to extend contracts for like a longer period of time than previously. So in the past, I would say the max that we would work like on a retainer is three months and then renew. We're now seeing people look at, like, 12-month retainers with us, which is mind-blowing. But, yeah, so we're going to be busy for the foreseeable. Um, but, yeah, no, we definitely saw, like, an increase of people wanting to keep working with us rather than, of like, a flood of new brands coming in. Amazing. I mean, that just aligns, like,
1: well done, first of yeah. all, Josh. Thank you. <laughs> that just aligns with that old tale, you know, like, don't go after... Con- don't constantly go after new biz, like try and generate more revenue from the current clients that you've got.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I think that's something that I really am trying to put a focus on is you, you hear this from like every agency, but being like a real long term partner for growth is something that we really favor. Like, I would take the same five brands and work together for five years, then like a new, like 10 new brands every three months and just constantly be in that cycle. I think we're able to set out like a bigger roadmap of what we want to achieve and how we get there. And we're able to sort of like deliver a lot more growth at a profitable rate over a longer period of time. Yeah,
1: because I suppose if it's both a new brand and also a new client to you, those first few months are like really, really hard work, both yeah. for you, the agency and the, and the brand, isn't it? It's like we're trying to validate the the product and then also, you're trying to deliver a strategy, and then it, 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 there's a lot of, um, push and pull. Yeah. Which makes definitely. That,
0: those first few months on a retainer the hardest, probably. A hundred percent. And when you think about like a new relationship, those initial months are almost like just doing the basic groundwork that hasn't ever been done before. Like you're finding the concepts and the angles that really work, you're finding the, the reasons why people are buying that product, you're sort of like in a discovery phase, whereas anything after that is kind of like really focusing on how do we lower costs? How do we increase sales volume? How do we do all of those things that we want to do, but like you have to get it dialed in first.
1: Yeah. I know we like, we've got um, average retention um, length, for like a, as a client retainer point of view, but I know we need to do we need to look into the numbers. But I know there'll be a a point. I imagine it's, If we can if we can retain the client for like at least six months, mm-hmm. then our retention rate after that probably increases dramatically. Yeah, but yeah. It, it's almost like those first three to
0: six months are the most. Um, it's like the proven period.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then and I I imagine it's both the proven period from a, a like a KPI point of view, but then also the the
0: clients like mindset that us as a service provider are the right people to go after. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So that's usually how we have been doing it. Is like three months is sort of like what we would now consider if you want to try us out. That's the period it takes, and then after that, it's those conversations of it's six months or it's twelve months. Yeah. and we really we go into like the the long game amazing yeah it's uh, <laughs> it's good it makes uh life uh easier to navigate when you know what's going on definitely yeah i i i keep using this word
1: emotional for for like media buying but then also running an agency that and that emotion word it sort of characterizes like both like the lows and the highs like you get these like media buying tough lows amazing highs but then both as an agency point of view like service provider with clients you get these those lows where it's you know i don't know what i'm doing yeah the clients found me out i'm a cowboy you know everyone else is going to find me out and then you, a week later the
0: next day you get that high of you know i can print money yeah yeah it's just a constant cycle of being like here then here then here then back here and then up here again it it's difficult it's like definitely a, a hard thing to do, and I think with running the agency, the fact that there's no one really above you saying like this is the path to take, and you just kind of have to like figure it out i think makes it makes it interesting, but it's definitely tough yeah i know
1: the the path we we've always been looking we've always like had an idea for the path, but then also been looking at like other paths you know naturally you're just Yep. Grass is greener on the other side, but I, I think where we're trying to put the hard work and the effort into is just reiterating that the path that we're on is the right one, yeah. And I think that just takes time and experience, and almost like uh, experience of like um, trusting yourself that yeah, you definitely. are doing the right thing,
0: yeah. You know? And I think over, like you said, over time with, with experience, you sort of know that. Like, no matter how difficult it is, you are doing the right thing, um, which is, I guess, it's, it's, that's why it's so important to have, like, the right people around you, the right connections that are sort of helping you frame, frame business in that way. Yeah.
1: I think, I, I, do, I think that we've been through a couple of summers now, and I've, I'm pretty confident now that, like, August is the worst month of the year, both from, like, a performance <laughs> point of view and as, like, an agency, yeah because like q4 is obviously great uh, like tough and busy but you know there, there's there's a lot of positives and then q1 it's that like you know new hope you know we've got the rest of the year in front of us you yeah. sort of like reset what you want to do you know it's like you know um new goals everything like that so those two quarters are bookended next to each other yeah and then august
0: is like right in the middle on our on either side of those yeah yeah, for sure. An interesting thing, actually. There's a couple of brands that we work with still who around sort of mid-August probably started to pull back spend in, in like in anticipation of just wanting to kind of stockpile a little bit for Q4, which is something I've never really seen before. Um, which was interesting. So I'm interested to see if it's the same next year and people are sort of pulling the reins back a little bit on, on stuff.
1: Yeah, i I think it probably. I think i we've got a brand who um has seen that August is generally their worst year, worst month of the year, mm-hmm. and that paired with like iOS, which was sort of like June last year, and mm-hmm. obviously like we were still sort of dealing with that in August, and then this year there was a lot of um financial issues like you know Russia and Ukraine, everything like that in the summer. Uh, which obviously is still going on. Um, and I think there's been a couple of years now where like August has just generally been like the worst because yeah. that first 2020 year with lockdown, August was probably like the first month in that year when people were starting to go outside, you know, March, think, yeah. you know, big econ boom. But then August, you know, it was summer in the UK and everyone could go outside again.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um... I think sometimes it's quite easy to like, like just not even consider outside factors and just like blame yourself completely and be like, uh, "What's going on here?" But then, like you say, you look at it. There's literally war, cost of living crisis around the world. Like, yeah, there's a ton going on. Yeah, there's bigger, there's bigger, there's
1: bigger problems than the algorithm. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So, what, what does what 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 be human look like? Um, what what's what's
0: your focus as a, as an agency? It's clients. So, in terms of like the services we're with yeah, services, yeah, for sure, yeah. Cool. So, we are just one hundred percent creative. Um, we have since the start of Be Human, we've been pretty much one hundred percent all in on creative. um So, my background was media buying, like that. I think that's how I know you is through like DD Pro, FATC World, um, and then yeah, creative. I've just found I was able to pull a lot more levers to control the outcomes rather than when I was just media buying. So we're 100% performance creative for sustainable brands, which is, I think that's pretty similar to what you guys do as well with Hello yes. Um, But yeah, that, that's us.
1: Cool, uh, so do you are you still media buying as an agency or
0: you're just delivering on the creative? Wow, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So nine times out of 10, the people that we work with have like internal teams who are running all the media buying for them. Um, there's a couple who use other agencies, but typically we're we're really close with like in-house media buying teams to sort of give them the creative that they need and help them like guide them a little bit with strategy around what they should be focusing and spend on. What was it like when you
1: what was the transition like when you sort of like pulled out the media buying bit?
0: Yeah, it was uh it was pretty like relieving to be fair. Um, so I stopped media buying right before like the iOS changes happened. So we kind of, I like to think that I kind of knew what was going to happen in terms of like the whole media buying shitstorm. Um, and to be honest, like I wouldn't say I was the most proficient media buyer anywhere. Um, but yeah, kind of knew that was coming up. Had always done creators for clients like with media buying. So it was like, yeah, let's, let's get on that train. Um, and see where it takes us. I think. I want to say that was like twenty twenty so it was it was a while ago we did that, but yeah, it was get out of the media buying kitchen before it all burns down. was the thinking behind that yeah no that's that's cool i it's I imagine it's probably
1: not that often where like service providers will will end the service i am, and I imagine you had clients that you were paying for that service and you sort of stopped it
0: yeah basically um so we A few, not, not like a ton. We were very like small scale media buying stuff, but yeah, there was definitely a few people who kind of not got left behind, but probably ended up better off without us at that point. Um, but having that kind of insight and background into the sort of the media buying side of stuff made performance creative really easy. Um, like obviously there's the whole, like actually creating stuff aspect of it, but understanding. Cause and effect of each part of like creative and understanding what each thing is doing, um, and how that reflects in Ads Manager with KPIs and stuff was was surprisingly like easy.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree. I think you you have approached it from the right angle rather than uh coming at it from a, a purely visual like non performance point of view because obviously that is you are providing performance creative. It's not just creative for mm-hmm. creative sake. Is it?
0: Yeah, 100%. And I think like at the time of like launching that as a solo service, I don't think there was a ton of creative agencies, like specifically performance creative. I know that there was like you really big ones, like you had brand booster, well in media and like Fraser from Fraggle, who's always been doing mad stuff. Um, but there wasn't like a huge number of agencies where you could go, Oh, I need performance creative. That's where I'm going to go. So I think we kind of got into that a little bit early on, but then sort of we we've like navigated all of the tough things about performance creative like a few years ago now. So we're, we're in a good place. Yeah. You've got a good head start. What was the, has
1: this has the sell got easier over time because yeah. clients are coming to you with that understanding that this is what they need.
0: Definitely. I think like sales has always been, was always tricky at first because like it just is for any kind of service But as we've done more and more and we've worked with kind of more established people, I think our name kind of like speaks for itself now. Like in the UK specifically, we're working with like packed coffee. We're working with wild deodorant. We're working with like decent kind of big name D2C brands. And I think other D2C brands kind of see that and are like, okay, we want a piece of that.
1: Yeah. Amazing. That's It's a... I think sometimes we can think that okay, what what do I what do I need to do to make that process easier? And unfortunately sometimes it's just a case of like time and hard
0: work. Yeah. And those two things together put you put put you in a better position than you were in. Yeah, definitely. It's just uh so my friend Joshua Johnston has a saying that's just reps and sets, like the more you do, the the kind of better you are. And I think just having done it for a while now. Um, we're in a place where I think people realise we're we're good at what we do. I uh-huh. hope. <laughs> I mean, I mean, well, that's
1: that's like that classic. I mean, maybe it's a bit British, but it's that's that classic sort of doubt, isn't it? The fact that yep. clients are signing for six and twelve months, I think, answers that that question.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I wouldn't be a true northerner without a little bit of self doubt in me. Yeah.
1: yeah for sure i mean we'd be we'd be lethal if we had a a, a bit a bit of uh you know like american confidence in our services wouldn't we (laughs) yeah kill them
0: we would absolutely be we'd clean house definitely yeah love that maybe one day maybe give it a couple more years and you might be you know
1: you might be that uh that that bullish yeah i think so like the grant cardone
0: of creative yeah yeah
1: (laughs) With the uh, the private jet
0: on uh Hull air at Hull airport, <laughs> can you imagine? I don't think I think it would be stolen. Like before it landed, it would be gone very quickly. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> grand, grand theft auto style. Sort of, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah.
1: So what's 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 made? Um, if we just think about like this, so obviously you just spoke about like twenty 2020, twenty 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 one. You know, mm-hmm. tough. Uh, selling in the new service. If you think about this year, what's made, um, where have you leveled up as like a a service provider that's made either your job easier or like the performance of the, the content better? Cool.
0: Yeah. So I would say like when we first started as be human, it was videos that were like, there were good video ads that did well, just because they were good. They kind of, they were engaging. They got like messaging across really well. But as sort of like, you see more performance creative people popping up, the more like the role of the strategist has like appeared. Um, I would say that we have then doubled down on how do we reduce costs for clients, which is something we'd never, we'd always looked at, but it had never been like our main focus. It had been like, how do we get more people to buy product? And then something just kind of like switched one day and it was like, okay, so we can get people to buy more, but how do we get them to buy cheaper so like it costs the client less so they just become more profitable that became like our main focus i want to say like the start of this year was like really focusing on how do we reduce cpa um and i would say that like that's something we do really well for like most brands is we were really good at lowering costs
1: and is obviously you look at you know like click-through rating from stop and all those sort of metrics but do you use cpa now as your main like performance metric
0: Yeah. So we, we kind of take like a holistic view of like all of those sort of like creative, uh, like triggers is probably the the wrong word, but like creative insights. And we kind of, we, we gauge what the bigger picture is, but mainly we're looking at is sales volume maintaining or increasing and is the cost of that going down? Um, Like I'm all for attention metrics, hook rates, hold rates and stuff. But at the end of the day, we want our clients to make more money and spend less um, and those two things don't always correlate. And what's the um,
1: obviously without without giving away all of the all of the secret? What's the what's the one thing that
0: can dramatically change CPA on, between two videos? Cool. Yeah. So I think one main thing is probably like overall messaging and how you're delivering that. Uh, one of the most overlooked things in creative, I would say, is copy. Like the actual, like the script, the, the titles that are on screen. Um, I think if you were to run like similar visuals, but change the messaging and have one that's like really dialed in it really like, it's actually in line with what customers or potential customers are thinking, like what they want, what they need, what they're scared of versus the same visual with a more generic messaging, you're going to see a dramatically lower cost on the one that's like actually dialed in. Um, that's, that's one thing that we would look at. And then I would say hook rates, to be fair, is quite a strong one. Cause if you can hook people in, like you can get them to watch for longer, but then it comes back to that same thing as if your messaging isn't, isn't specific and dialed into the, the person you're serving it to, you're, you're really going to struggle. Like yeah. if you think in a media buying sense, like CPMs are kind of like based around relevance, uh, like the whole kind of bid in ads is based around like how relevant you are and how much you're bidding. If your ad is not relevant to the person who you are trying to target, it's going to cost you more.
1: So do you, I know earlier in the call, you mentioned like volume is really important. Is that one of the ways that you'll increase that volume by testing the message, keeping like the same number of assets, visuals, but changing messaging?
0: Yeah, that's one of the ways. So um, I think having a lot of volume is good in a couple of ways because one, you can test more things, but then when you find sort of, the opportunities to scale up in those sort of like tests, you see something is working really well, but you want to double down on different hooks, different kind of scripts or voiceovers, whatever it is. You need to have the volume of that there, so you can do that pretty quickly. Cool, that makes sense.
1: It sounds uh, it sounds really fun. the The process that you've got in place, the type of work that you're putting out, it's it sounds like you're enjoying it. Like yeah. right
0: now, you know? yeah, definitely. So far, it's good. Um, it's challenging is what I like, um, like no ad account, no brand is like the same. So the, the kind of the whole process you go through of understanding customers, creating like the, the different avatars that lie within all the the research that you do, I think none of those are that similar across brands, um, which, which kind of keeps it fun because it's like, you're, you're discovering new people and new ways to talk to them like constantly. Um, yeah, it's fun.
1: Yeah. What's that? Now we've we've been involved with a couple of brands where we haven't directly done the media buying, and I found that relationship quite interesting because obviously we are like media buying is like you know our bread and butter for a number of years. So Mm -hmm. to have that removed and us just to be standing outside looking in, uh, I think personally that feels quite funny. How how do you feel about that? You know when you're watching someone else run
0: the creative that you built sometimes it can be scary um sometimes you give advice and it's not always sort of like he or listened to but then i think other times so like for example packed coffee have a really solid media buyer in-house but they're so open to sort of learn or try new things that there's kind of like a really good relationship there we can give them this creative and say why don't you try this let's test things in this way let's structure things in this way and they're quite sort of like open to try that out. But at the same time, they have such a high level of expertise where you're not uncomfortable passing off assets to them. You know that they're going to be put in the right place. Um, we've definitely worked with brands where we've done like really good work and then it's just not had what it needs to to like sort of perform really well. Um, but yeah, I would say nine times out of 10, the people that we work with, they know what they're doing. So it's, it's less stressful for us to just say, okay, you do it. Yeah, that's yeah. Here's here's the assets.
1: Like, run with it. I, unfortunately, I think sometimes because it is, even though it is like two businesses working together, at the core of it, it's actually sort of like two people working together. And if yeah. those two people don't have like aligned
0: goals, then that's when that friction can. Start. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's it. Um, and I think like there's always going to be that kind of thing because you are. Like, as you say, essentially, you're two separate businesses. Um, and like, obviously, brand side, they have limitations on what they can spend, they have limitations on like what, where they can push things. Um, but yeah, no, so far that relationship has, has been quite, quite easy. Um, we're, we're yet to discover one that's like really difficult to navigate. Um, I'm sure that will happen at some point though.
1: Yeah, I know the only the worst experience we've got. and I know, we should, but it, it, I suppose we shouldn't just focus on the negatives. But I don't think we <laughs> have done that yet. But it's quite interesting. Is the worst experience we've had is where like the media buyer I think has but was you like a little bit experienced. They knew what they were doing, but I think because they were a little bit less experienced, they kind of felt at risk, and, mm-hmm. and we were sort of like looking over their shoulder. Yeah, and and our goal was to take over the ad account. Whereas actually our goal was to just provide some assets, yeah, uh, and for sure. if they work, obviously, like you, you know, we we will get like a six month or a twelve month contract. But I, mm-hmm. and I think that's where that sort of like disconnect of maybe we should have been clearer about what our goals were,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: and like actually said, you don't need to worry about us taking over the ad account because that's not what we're trying to do.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I think like. I think there's always a little bit of an education piece in there as well, because like most media buyers up until this point that we've come across, don't have like loads and loads of experience of testing like hundreds of creatives a month. Like they will usually have like five or six things that they rotate pretty heavily. They'll change headlines on and they'll push those out. So we've we've got kind of a good relationship with the, the in-house people we work with because we're we're educating slightly on how to manage that kind of like load of creative. Um because it's it's definitely if you've not run or you've not tested creative pretty intensely before, um it, it can be a bit daunting if you have something like 70 videos to to try and test.
1: Yeah. Now um what's your recommendation? Like do you recommend they use dynamic creative testing or not?
0: Ah you know what I kind of have a, a love hate relationship with it. I don't I haven't like i wouldn't say to do that um just from a personal point of view i like to be in kind of total control of of all of that kind of period where you're testing assets you're you're sort of seeing how they're put out there um so yeah i wouldn't but that being said i've not had hands-on sort of like real experience with it for a long time i think the last time i probably ran a dynamic test of my own was probably like two years ago. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, like the platform's changed this year, let alone yeah, <laughs> the platform's changed in the past three months, let alone like the past two years. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, my, uh, my immediate reaction then when you were talking about like, you know, a process to test a lot of assets mm-hmm. was I thought you were going to say, you know, use DCT, you know, get like burn through those assets quite quickly.
0: But yeah, maybe that's not right. Is that, is that something that you, that you do?
1: yeah um i mean it depends on like the account type like what type of brand it is like is it is it an asset heavy account or is it more of like a brand account where the assets are the assets and we just need to yeah yeah, make them work um but yeah if it's if it's like a high asset account where we're you know testing hooks and we the message can be manipulated a lot more Mm -hmm. then uh yeah i am i am in favor of dynamic creative testing um my belief is that just like everything that's happened with advantage plus shopping recently if you if you play into what Facebook wants, mm-hmm. then they are more likely to favor you with you yeah. know, whatever the magic is behind the curtains that yeah. they can control, yeah, some of that zuckerberg dust yeah' <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what, yeah if you yeah if you yeah if you play ball then. I mean we generally rule of thumb is generally we've seen if um focusing on efficiency can help mm-hmm. you scale. Yeah. Whereas I think, you know, two years ago, like the last time you were probably probably heavily into media buying, you know, you could be you could focus on scale first. Yeah. And and then the performance second. Whereas naturally and just like the fact that, you know, you're able to, you know, you know, your agency has grown is you need to focus on performance
0: first and, and then scale yeah for sure for sure so in your like dynamic creative test then are you are you sort of like dynamically testing each angle separately and just switching out like hooks and messaging for each one or are you doing that all in the same test
1: yeah so each dynamic creative test would be sort of like one concept or angle so that Got could you. be like the same video with five different intros or it could be you know like the same intro across five different videos. But and, and try and control the variables, so just mm-hmm. change one piece. Yeah. Um. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't have like two different. You know, like like a like an unboxing versus a you know a customer review in the same ad set in the same DCT. That yeah. Would be two. yeah.
0: Got yeah. So I think what we're probably doing is like a very inefficient way of doing that because we're we're doing the same thing. We're we're like testing singular concepts. But just cycling through the sort of the different hooks, CTAs, social proof pieces, and there, yeah, yeah. So we're probably cool. doing that in like the most inefficient way possible.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, ultimately, what what we found that like the the most inefficient part of the ad account is is like the human sitting in front of the is sitting in front of the laptop. Yeah. So if you can improve the efficiency of like the media buyer understanding what's going on, that. Um, You know, that's, like, the biggest, like, dumb bit of yeah. the ad account. And the other bit of it is, you know, we're only partially controlling nowadays. It's like, you yeah, don't yeah. have full control of the ad account. You know, we can't control the targeting. We can't control where Facebook puts the spend mm-hmm. half the time. So
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. Sure. And I think that is probably, like, one of the reasons why we do what we do is, like, Control and spend, I think, just try, not necessarily trying to control where it goes, but make sure that assets have had their fair share of budget to see if we can sort of see performance somewhere else. Um, cause yeah, one thing that we do like sort of notice is that what Facebook pushes budget to doesn't always necessarily perform the best. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. I know we, um, if, if the ad account is in a good position, we'll definitely let it spend where it wants to spend. Mm-hmm. But at the same I'd like the flip and the reverse of that is uh if if the brand and us as an agency is investing in assets, which which we should be then to to iterate to use the data from those assets to go to the next step, they have to receive spend to tell us yeah. if you know this hook is worth investing in or not.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So
1: what's, we've we've talked about, you know, some of the improvements you've made this year. What's the bit that either you personally or you as an agency are looking to sort of like improve
0: and level up on
1: like now going forward?
0: No, that's a a really good question to be fair. Um, I would say like, I would say like efficiency, which is kind of ironic based on the last conversation we just had. Um, yeah, I think just like really nailing the kind of the process that we have here to try and to be able to grow without it becoming too much of a headache, I think is the thing. Because for me, like building be human has very much been like building a plane while while trying to fly in it. Um, you just like something pops up and you're like, okay, I'll fix that. Whereas I'm trying to be in a position where everything is sort of systematized, it's processed, like focused so that we can come in, work with a new brand and like get them solid results straight away. There's like as little amount of friction as possible. Um, it's something that I'm trying to focus on.
1: Yeah, I mean we've been I think that's right that like that's where your energy should be focused as well as delivering on a service. Mm-hmm. I mean we've been trying to do that for like four or five years and we're still like we've still only really scratched the surface on like locking down those processes and that is that is also because those processes change as
0: fast as yep. we write them, yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, and I think like it's funny, like Twitter is a place where I learn a lot about other people's like processes, and it's strange how like quickly all of these separate people come to the same kind of like process without any like outside input from anyone else. They all come to the same place, and like most people's processes is fairly similar, I think trying to trying to keep on top of that and like also differentiate what you do is a, is a a thing that I find challenging sometimes. Definitely.
1: Yeah. It's a compromise between writing a process and applying that process to every client that you work with. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, making sure that every piece of you, every piece of work that you deliver is 1% better than the last piece of work. Yeah. And that second thing makes those processes like irrelevant because if you're like you're constantly improving, which you should be, to make sure that you're, you know, five miles down the road next year. Yeah. Uh, that you that won't happen if those if you if you can't
0: break those processes. Yeah, hundred percent. Because you're just constantly doing the same thing. It's uh, yeah, there is no improvement there. Yeah. I think I think it's good to be fair. Like, like you said, you improve with everything that you do. And I think that's part of the game is just always finding ways to be more effective and more efficient, um, but still maintaining that, that kind of quality output.
1: Yeah. What? So what's the, what's the dream then? Are you, have you, have you got like the, uh, you want to build the processes, hire the team and then check out and just let the agency run on its own?
0: I, can't, I don't really know to be fair. I'm probably too attached to, to be in that position yet. Um, I don't know. I think I want to focus on giving the the kind of team here like everything that they need, make sure that they can operate at the level they want to and need to. Um, Yeah, I think that I've got my eye on some other projects that I'd like to do, but I think still like, I don't know. I'd like to be at the head of the ship until it makes sense for someone smarter than me to do it.
1: Yeah, I know Like we've tried a couple of times to like um to, repl- to, to replace me mm-hmm. because obviously I was like, you know, a media buyer, paid media manager, head of paid, and now like managing director, but I'm still kind of doing all those other roles at the same time, just yeah. like more people around us. And a couple of times we've tried to hire to replace me so that I can sort of like zoom out and become, you know, um guru, managing director who, you know, dips in and out and does all that fun stuff. But it hasn't worked a couple of times, and we've now started to, become, to come to the realization that actually, like the agency, and it's probably a similar position to you. The agency's grown because of the hard work that I do and the hard work that you, that you do, yeah. Josh. So why would we? Why would we um, sort of substitute you off the pitch? Yeah, when there isn't really like a like there's no, like there's no need to do that just. Just so what so someone else
0: can do the job instead. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think I think creative as well as is, is like specifically creative is hard to kind of replace yourself because each person has their own style of creativity. Um and I think sometimes a lot of the kind of like big work that we've done has been on the back of like my own willingness to like go the extra step, work ridiculous hours, like strategize for days on end. Whereas I think when you try and take yourself out of that role and bring someone else in, they're not the same person. They don't have those same like styles or beliefs or anything. Um, I think it can be quite tricky and especially if you're wanting to bring someone in to replace you and do exactly what you do. Um, it's kind of a bit like the impossible game. Like, I can't think that I would ever find someone to do what I do and then just like me disappear. I can't. Yeah. Uh,
1: odds are that would fail mm-hmm. because that per- because just by, by the matter of the fact, that person is different. So they would they would do what you're doing differently. But one of the best hires we've had, we've made this year is, and we've done it with a couple of people this year is, uh, um, hiring to fill the gap,
0: mm-hmm. uh, not
1: yep. to just hire more of what we already had.
0: Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. I think. Um... Like my role has changed quite a bit like this year specifically it's gone from being kind of the one person doing strategy, shooting editing, delivering sort of like analysis all of that um to the point where I'm mainly like doing a little bit of strategy uh for different brands, but then most of my time now is spent like making sure other people have what they need to to do the job that they' they're doing, which is uh in itself is kind of nice like just to take a little bit of a step back, but still be in control. Um, yeah, that's been good.
1: Yeah, I know. Like it's happened quite a few times this year uh, when you step back and you see something happen without your input. Yeah, and you're like, "Yeah, this machine does work if I if I am if I do step out
0: of something for a minute." Yeah, for sure. I think one of the nicest things recently is our kind of like creative workflow is having input from the people who are actually doing the day-to-day of that. So our kind of production people, our editor kind of feeding back and going, Oh, we kind of tweaked it a bit to be this and now it's just easier and smoother and like seeing that happen is like, it's really nice. Um, like our, our whole sort of like production workflow at the minute has just leveled up by just people being like, Oh yeah, we'll, we'll just change this. Mm. And I've had like zero input in it and it's been really good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's nice amazing yeah 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 it's
1: yeah I, I know the feeling it's like this is amazing and part of the reason why it's amazing is because I wasn't I didn't do it yeah yeah
0: exactly exactly Um, which is good it's good and I think that also kind of comes down to like having the right people in place I think it's quite easy for to like hire someone who's not the right fit they just come in they do the process that you've given them and they just like do that without question, as opposed to bringing in like the people who are going to challenge the the sort of status quo a little bit and say, this could and should be better, um, which I think is one of the the important things about hiring the right people, definitely yeah i mean if I think back to
1: like the like my previous years in in different jobs like that's what I was doing is was everything everything can be changed you know nothing mm-hmm. is even if the person above me has said this is the process it's like that that just means that's a challenge and i'm yeah. I'm sure by the matter of fact that you used to be in media buying and you made the decision to drop that it's like mm-hmm. you were you've
0: got that same personality, yeah I think so definitely um yeah, I think if everything, like as much as I love systems and processes, I think at the end of the day, we're a creative agency and creativity bends rules to, to make things happen. Um, so if we can do that in a more efficient way, brilliant. Yeah. I know we quite often when we onboard new team members, we're kind
1: of like, you know, this is the process, this is where everyone sits. Rip it apart and change it. As long as you can validate that, it you know, it improves efficiency or whatever, like, don't just take this as gospel. Even yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. And that's the sort of people that we want. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it's a, it kind of lets, lets the team shine a little bit. It lets people come in and not just have the role of like being in charge of production, being in charge of like motion graphics or something. They have like real input into how the business is run, um, which I think for some people is really valuable to, to kind of have that input. Cool. Cheers, Josh. I've really enjoyed that. What about yourself? Yeah, yeah. Massively. Massively. Um, first pos- uh, first podcast down, which is, uh, yeah, mint.
1: Yeah, good stuff. Have you got any more lined up?
0: No, none. Um, none yet. We will have some.
1: Good stuff. I mean, I'm happy to, I'm happy to, but I mean, this is, this getting this one over the line has took maybe like three, three, three attempts. Yeah. <laughs> partly my fault. Um, I mean it almost got rescheduled today, but uh, I I moved it back. Um Yeah,
0: I saw something pop up on the
1: invite. I was like, <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, I was good. Um so yeah, I mean I'm happy to catch up in November,
0: see how we're going. Uh, if you've got twenty minutes in November, I know I'm sure you'll be busy, but Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll I'll let you know how my sanity levels are, are doing. I might be curled up in a ball somewhere later. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the funny thing about Mediavine,
1: like, December, I think December just goes, like, really quiet. As soon as you get to, like, the 10th or the 15th of December, it's, you know, we've done pretty much most... Like, the last thing that you could do is,
0: you know, like, a Christmas Eve sale or, like, a Boxing Day sale. Yeah. yeah, yeah. else is done. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I think, to be fair, I'm, I'm expecting December to be quieter than most months because we've been shooting, like, Christmas stuff since June. So, like, a lot of people already have Q4 assets for christmas unboxing day i think december for us is going to be looking at like january sales um and kind of into the into the future yeah amazing
1: cheers josh i enjoyed that speak yeah. soon yeah speak soon phil all right cheers mate Bye-bye. bye bye there we have it josh hedges from be human creative i'll drop josh's links in the show notes so please give him a follow on twitter and linkedin Um, i really enjoyed speaking to josh uh He's come a long way over the past couple of years and I'm very confident about his, about his future, both from, you know, building his agency and also providing, you know, return on investment for the clients that he works with. So I'd love to get Josh back on the podcast in a couple of months time to see where he's up to. Make sure you give me a message on Twitter or LinkedIn. If you've enjoyed the show, if you've got any questions or if you'd like to jump on the show, I'd really enjoy that. Cheers. Speak soon.